Marcus Marcus controls the power and wealth of a vast military and religious empire. Yet one horrific crime threatens to destroy everything in his world. Addled by drugs and grief, Marcus Marcus begins a trans-dimensional journey that will ultimately force him to confront a dark and devastating truth. Journeys to the Divine Earth Paying a visit to the realm of the divinities is not a pleasant experience. There are a lot, and I mean a lot, of tales about mortals trying to get to the Divine Earth. I guess simply living a good life, dying, and then flying off there as a contented, if discorporate soul, is just not good enough for some folk. All over the three zones of humanity, there can be found ancient accounts of people who made it to the divine earth while still alive and managed to gain divine knowledge, eat divine fruit and or hump and dump one of the minor divinities. These successful journeys to the divine earth took place a long, long time ago, however. Most tales were already ancient when written down in antiquity. But this has not stopped later adventurers, scholars, romantics and fools trying their damnedest to figure out how to get into paradise. For millennia now, the ancient texts have been subject to line by line, letter by letter exegesis. Careers have been built and broken over such matters as the proper positioning of a sentence in a story that has three different original versions. Even the visible earth heretics have their own fantastical version of this obsession. One of their sacred tales tells of a band of holy men and women who found a map, built a spaceship and whooshed off. Though none of the pious adventurers ever returned, and even had the good manners to send a postcard, the visible earthers are adamant that they did get to the material, visible earth they so passionately believe in. It's just unfortunate that the pilgrims forgot to leave a copy of the map they used. With the exception of the whizzing visible earthers, all other ancient accounts of getting to earth, the true divine earther is not the visible earth travesty, share one common element. The belief that the easiest way to get into paradise is via Drishika, the foul territories of Melchirisha. Most scholars agree that this is only logical. Whilst divinities and angels would be resolute in guarding the vast stretches of Earth's paradise from the unwelcome and undeserving interlopers, the foul region in his one little vile corner would have absolutely no compulsion about keeping visitors out. If anything, Mel Carisha would be delighted to have new companions to play his sick games with. 
so intrepid daredevil he'd only get into Drishika, avoid the clutches of the Phil Regent, and slip across the border and into paradise. There are, so ancient texts tell us, a whole variety of ways of getting into, across and out from Drishika. Magic, murder, trickery, sexual perversions, yoga and a lot of luck are all handy enough. Moreover, whilst each knight errant will have troubling moments and the occasional existential crisis during their adventures, they all invariably manage to survive their ordeals and return to tell their wondrous story. Getting to and from Earth should, then, be feasible. But all such modern attempts, with one exception, have failed. The exception, of course, being the journey I made to Melchorisha's kingdom. Doubtless there will be plenty of scholars and idiots, and the two are not necessarily synonymous, who will be subjecting this account of mine to forensic examination, trying to discover my secret. Why they should do this beats me. It is an utterly pointless exercise. Take it from one who has made the journey. Do not copy me. It will not work. The gods are eternal. They don't appreciate repeats. What they like is a bit of spice and variety and the occasional cosmic joke that they can chat about for an aeon or ten. As for what I learned, well, some of that will be revealed in a moment. But there is one thing I can say now without messing too much with the narrative, which admittedly is already a little wayward. They may be exciting. They may very well be true. But all those antediluvian accounts of journeys to the divine earth miss out the one outstanding essence of those journeys. Pain. If I have not made it clear in the story already, then let me reiterate it now. Travelling from the material to the spiritual involves being ripped and wrenched apart physically and emotionally. Even moments of calmness are delusion, as I learned whilst walking with the tear-stained and mute Beatrice. concrete corridor, the minor divinity and I, the length of which curved slowly rightwards, then slowly left. I knew for certain I was no longer in the material world, yet I was not afraid. The ribbon spilled from my hand, leaving behind me a thin scarlet trail that I was confident would lead me back to the solid reality of the wolf craft we scunner. 
the floor gently rose and just as gently fell, and the colour of the corridor changed subtly from pale green to dark, to blues and browns and greens again. Though the floor beneath my feet was hard, the sensation was that of walking in a quiet rural idyll. After some time, and it may have been minutes or lazy hours, the corridor doubled in width, then trebled, and in the newly expanded space we came across strange quadrupedal beasts that snorted mucus out of great pink nostrils, stank of piss and shit, and followed our passage with blank brown eyes. I had heard of such creatures somewhere, but the name of them eludes me. As we passed one such reeking beast, it opened its mouth and spoke. Mm, don't let them put garlands on you, it said. Mm, no, another agreed as he walked by it. First it's garlands and then it's prayers. Mm, and then added the next creature we passed. It's whack, whack, with a club hammer on the head. Mm. Something turned in my stomach, sharp and acidic. I looked to the divine Beatrice. Her face was wet without expression. I turned to the handsome man on the other side of me. He smiled his warm smile. I would like to help you, he said, and then began to murmur a prayer. The reeking, talking beasts were long past us, the corridors went shrinking again. I looked to Beatrice, but she was gone. All that remained of her was a deep puddle of tears around my feet. From the garland around my neck, petals fell crimson and golden into the shallow pool. I looked to the handsome man. He grinned, pulled a club hammer from his blouse. Whack, whack, he calmly said, and smashed the weight and the width of it deep into my skull. White light erupted from my head, as scalding and dazzling as the milk of the queen of the universe. On and on the whiteness spread, forming great blazing spheres that fizzed and crackled with atomic fury, the weight and the power and the rage of them crushing me. My skull rang with pain like Bedlam's bell. With every peal the pain shot through my body, even as my body whizzed and collided between the monstrous embryonic stars. My chest was crushing inwards, as if it had no more substance than an eggshell. The shrapnel pain stabbing faster and deeper into the yolk and meat of me, till I was a ball of pain, stabbed from the inside, seared from the out. As I said, paying a visit to the realm of the divinities is not a pleasant experience.
thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed the story, please tell your friends, your family and your ancient enemies. You can support the show by buying me a coffee. You can go over to coffee.com slash rabthilton. That's ko-fi.com forward slash rabthilton. If you want to know what else I'm up to, you can follow me on Instagram at uh, Celtic Tales Galway or you can follow me on Facebook at Celtic Tales Rab Thornton. Alright, stay tuned and also stay safe. Wash your hands, keep your distance, use those face masks, look after yourselves.